Good morning, good morning, Oasis Online. Happy Sunday. Uh, Nelson is way too kind. Um, and now he is my boss, so um, my or my boss's boss. So I mean, that's how things work out. You know, the Lord knows what He's doing. But um, no, I'm really excited to be here today. If you are new to Oasis uh, and you came in the pandemic, we obviously have not gotten to meet, and so it's kind of a halfway meeting. But um, I'm, I'm really excited to to get to be here today. Um, I feel like I need to share a little bit about myself for anybody new because I feel like this is that like. I think you only get 30 seconds of like trust for people to like be built in. Like, do I want to give this person 30 minutes of my life right now? So I feel like I need to say something. Um, so fun facts about me. I'm not sure that are fun. Um, I have gone to church my whole life, uh, but I've only followed Jesus for like the last 11 years, like all in, you know what I mean? Um, I've actually been at Oasis for 10 years, met my husband here. Um, these are still just factual statements, not really cool stuff. So I don't know why I started with cool facts. Um, uh, but that's a little bit about me. Oh, oh, I got one. Okay, trust, trust. Pastor Julian and Christina, true stuff. Uh, when their first child was three months old, they actually had me as their nanny. So, I mean, that's gotta build some kind of trust, right? I mean, actually, the funny part is, I had actually never changed a diaper and they hired me to be their wow. nanny. No, 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 lies. Truth is, actually, it was one month before I started to be their nanny was the first time I ever changed a diaper. I was calling from from Tennessee, and I was like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? What do I do? And they hired me, you know what I mean? But um, no, our, our pastors, honestly, are, are really amazing, amazing people. Um, I honestly can't say enough about them. They gave me a job when I was down and out, had no money, nothing. Uh, they, they officiated my husband and I's weddings. They are close friends of us of ours today. Oh, also, fun fact, if you love golf um, and you love all of Julian's golf antics, you can thank me for that. Um, I'm the one who kind of started this because I got my husband into golf in the pandemic and then he took Pastor Julian out and now he is off and running. So either you're welcome or I am really sorry and I'm gonna do my best to get your trust back in the rest of this message. Um, but honestly, I think there's one thing I did actually wanna say uh, when I was thinking about our pastors today and how grateful I am. Um, it's actually to shout out our pastor, Christina Lowe. Um, I don't know how she would feel about this. Uh, but I'm gonna share it anyway, because it's just so been on my heart. We have really, really special pastors, like yeah. really special pastors. Um, I, I'm really honored to, to get to know Pastor Christina, um, and she's a good friend of mine, and it's really uh, wonderful to have in a pastor, someone who, um, their, some of their deepest conversations are about just their genuineness of wanting to know the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Pastor Christina uh, sheds tears on these things of, I just want to have that union with God and for our church to not be something fake, but for our church to actually authentically experience the spirit of the living God who wow. has touched her life uh, in our lives. And she doesn't want to do church just to do church, but these are the cries of your pastor's heart. Mm -hmm. Pastor Julian is the same way. And so I just want to give you a little more insight into, uh, if you haven't gotten to meet our pastors officially online uh, or in person, how wonderful they really are. So I love our pastors. I love getting to be here at church. And uh, we should just get into the message because I've now done four minutes and like 25 seconds um, on this part. So here we go. Uh, we are on a series about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is so wonderful, so awesome. One of my favorite things about the Holy Spirit is that when we are talking,
talking about him. He is not far and distant, but he is very near. He is here, he is with us, and he is in us. For anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. So um, I want us to to kind of, uh, I like what Pastor Nelson was saying before, helping us to be a participant in this. And so to really lean in to what the Spirit of God would want to say today. So we're going to start in a minute, uh, and I guess I think what I would also preface this message is, uh, man, this has been a journey for me. Uh, I love it, and I hate it when God does this. You know, I was excited to bring a message, uh, this one about the Holy Spirit, because it's about one of the most profound works of the Spirit of God in my entire life that He's done, and I, and I was excited to share that. And then um, uh, little did I know what I thought uh, God had already done in my life. Hello. Uh, forget that we're always works in progress forever. But um, <laughs> got to find out this very week the thing that I'm actually talking about I, I was so struggling with in my soul. And so we're actually going to talk a, a little bit more about who we are in Christ by the Spirit of God, our actual God-given identity, because we have a new identity the yeah. moment we believe on the Lord Jesus. And so, um, yeah, uh, it's a love-hate relationship. I found myself shedding many of tears this last week doing this message. So um, I'm still a little raw from it. So we'll see how it goes, a little unfiltered. Um, But let's just pray before we get into the scriptures. (sighs) Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, God, for for this opportunity. God, for even in 2021 that we'd have the opportunity, Lord, to to get to have uh, church members, the body of Christ, Lord, not just here in LA, but wherever they may be living or out of town for the weekend. But God, we can still tune in and, and be together and hear what you're saying to your church. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your word that will be spoken today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that that you would get to cut this message up. You get to pierce every heart in the way that you want to. I pray that you would help us to lean in to what you are doing, Holy Spirit, that I am not the, 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 the leader up here, but you are always the leader and the head of your house. So, God, we say, have your way. Have your way, God. Our hearts are open to hear you, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you for your son, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live here, that you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put an amen in the chat if you are ready to hear from the Spirit of God. And again, I'm not confident myself, but in the fact that he loves you and wants to speak to you. So let's get into John chapter 16. We're going to go to verses 13 and 14. I will preface this verse with, uh, this is actually Jesus speaking, and this is what we call the the upper room discourse. We actually don't need all this information. Sometimes I just say random things, and I'm probably going to continue throughout this whole thing, so I'm really sorry about random facts. Um, But this is when, uh, this is some of Jesus' last words that he's giving to him before he knows that he is about to go give up his life for you and for me. And so whenever we know someone knows that they're about to leave and, and their time is up, their last words are very, very important. And so these are the scriptures you've been hearing a lot the last few weeks when we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but this is the time when he's now revealing to us who the Holy Spirit is. And so in this one, he is, he is telling his disciples, hey, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. 
So now we have, this is the spirit of truth. This is who he is. He says he's gonna guide you into all the truth. What truth? Is it the truth of how to build the right architecture for the church? No. Uh, truth about what happened with JFK? No, that is not it. Um, it is not random truth, but it is all truth that is pertaining to Jesus, pertaining yeah. to him being our Lord, our Savior, make, giving us access to God the Father. These are the things that, that he is going to lead us into. And how do we also know that? Just a couple chapters before, actually, uh, in this same last conversation, we actually have Jesus share in John 14 about, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So now he's telling him he's going to guide you into what? All the truth. He's going to guide you into all things me. And so that's the truth he's talking about. Another cool thing to know is that he will not speak on his own authority. Uh, so that means whatever uh, uh, you hear the Holy Spirit say to you, it's not that he just feels that way about you or he's saying that, but it means that Jesus also feels the same way and that the Father feels the same way. He cannot say anything that they are not saying that they are not in agreement right. in. So those are things we want to keep in mind. And it says that he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. So this actually glorifies uh, Jesus in heaven when the Spirit of God is talking about Jesus. So random fun facts, if you want to hear more from the Holy Spirit and you want to really continue to engage in conversations, get to know the things he likes to talk about. Jesus and everything that pertains to you in your life with Jesus. Get to know those words. Um, So uh, I think one other fun fact I want to point out, it's not really a fun fact, Uh, just a a thing I want to point out, is um, something to know about our amazing God is that he does not do things purposelessly. Is that the right word, purposelessly? Yes, he does not do things without divine purpose. It's not just a random thought. So if, if this is a role, right, that Jesus is actually saying, this is what the Spirit of God, here is a role that he has been given, that he is to do in you and I's new covenant relationship, uh, these are things that we want to tune into. Because remember, this is the God who, who put the stars in their place, who has the sun and the earth where it is in such a way that the sun does not burn up the earth, that the earth spins on its axis in such a way with gravity that we're not falling off into outer space, okay? Uh, the scriptures actually say that where the waters were hovering over the earth and there was land that we're now getting to live on, at Jesus' rebuke, the waters receded, and it says they do not pass their boundaries. So this is the God who is very strategic. He's very detailed. He yeah. does not do random things things without purpose. Heads up, that uh, goes for you and for me. We were not made without a divine purpose, okay? And so um, I I just want us to to think about this as we're hearing that he's the one who's going to guide us into all truth. So this is a role that Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit has. We really want to lean into that. And, and sometimes, and, and I'm, I'm really kind of talking about myself here, it's very easy to, to roll over this part, this role of the Holy Spirit about guiding us into all truth because, listen, power sells. We want power. We want to talk about the power gifts of the Spirit of God. Let's talk about miracles, healing, gifts of faith, discernment, you know, all those kind of power gifts, right? And so this, we're like, yeah, yeah, I know that's the truth, but let's talk about power. Lord, how do I get those gifts? And so we, I don't want us to, to just roll over this. This is significant for us to remember that he guides us into all truth, and it is not random. 
So here's where I guess uh, kind of my story comes into play in this. Today we're going to specifically talk about the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of us, guiding us into the truth of our identity, being in Christ. Uh, I was, I'm always really excited to talk about these things because God honestly has done such a profound work in my life over the years uh, in, this, in this place. Not to get all like psychological and like all about my childhood, but um, for years I just I felt really, really lost as a person because of a lot of different random circumstances. So it took me like 30-something years uh, and with sitting with the Spirit of God for Him to actually um, tear off some of those lies and, and really get in there and start to show me some things. And so I was excited to talk about this, but of course, maybe this message is really for me, not for you, but uh, I'm sure the Lord will bless it anyway. Uh, but He used this very message to, to actually show me some areas where I still very much have my identity wrapped up in, 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 in this place and attached to people and attached to expectations and they're not founded on Christ. And how many of you know that whatever is not founded on the foundation of Christ Jesus, whatever can be shaken will be shaken. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my, my soul has been shaken to the core this last week. And as much as I've hated it, honestly, it is by God's grace uh, that he actually allowed me to experience that so that, wow, I would have the opportunity with the Spirit of God to sit with him and to address some of these places where my soul was beginning to attach or had been attached to these things that I didn't know. So, with that, we are going to go into my probably my favorite book of the scriptures right now, and that is the book of Ephesians. If you haven't read Ephesians, oh my gosh, listen, you are in for some really good stuff. Uh, another fun fact about me, I geek out about the Bible. It doesn't mean that I know a whole lot, but I just geek out on it, and things that I do learn, I do love to share. Um, so a little bit about Ephesians. This gives you, it is like a profound book. It gives you like so much of your your identity in Christ, so much rich theology, especially the first three chapters of who you are in Christ, of of who we are in the body of Christ, of the unity that we have. So please, I encourage you to go read it. Um, But before we we read this, I want, and and this part's going to talk about you and I specifically, right, who we are in Christ. I, I want us to actually understand a little bit of the background of why the Spirit of God who is the writer of the scriptures, right? He, he co-authors with man. Uh, why the Spirit of God is writing this through the Apostle Paul to the people in Ephesus. Because this is really deep, rich theology. He's just saying random stuff, so all the church will know. No, no, there's a reason for it. So in Ephesus, what you want to know is this was, back in first century, this was highly cultic city, okay? They were known as the, uh, uh, the great keepers of the goddess Artemis. They had the most ginormous temple for Artemis in the entire world at that time. That's what they were known for. They served no less than 50 gods or goddesses. Uh, they kept the, the what, are, what are they called? Blacksmiths. But the people who make idols, they kept them in business, okay? <laughs> and so uh, that's what was going on. And there were local magicians all throughout the city. On every corner, you could just go down to the local magician. You could pay them to help break curses off of your life. If you had a bad horoscope or, or you want to put a curse on somebody else or you want to keep yourself uh, blessed in all these different places, you would pay these magicians, they'd give you spells, you would call out different names of these demons, right? And they would do that. They also had astral spirits. And so they're seeing the impacts of these spirits, literally, 
These aren't theoretical like, oh, maybe it is a spirit. No, no, they're actually seeing these things. And that's something Western culture, it's harder for us to understand. We just don't see it. Doesn't mean that it's not real, that there aren't real spirits that are active behind things going on. Uh, but in this timing in Ephesus, these are things that they're seeing. It's a highly cultic city. So when the apostle Paul comes into this city and now he is preaching Jesus to them that, hey, there is a God. His name is above all these other names that you've been yeah. bowing down to. Hey, this God is here and he is for you. Uh, this that pierced their hearts, right? The Spirit of God is piercing their hearts to such a way that they now believe on the Lord Jesus. Now the Apostle Paul is gone. He's in prison, and now he's finding himself writing this letter, and he's thinking, wow, I, I need to encourage them because here's what's going on. Well, we can have our faith in God, but we need to stay encouraged, right? We need right. to know who we are in Christ by the Spirit of God because now they're still left in this city. They're still seeing the spirits at play. People are still going to local magicians and all these things are happening. And so now you begin to wonder, but oh man, I saw those, those, those curses going on and, and whatnot. But does God, does God still see me? Does, does that God that I, I originally believe in, is he strong enough? Is he powerful enough? Uh, does he actually care about me? Did he care about me then, but he's left me now? Is he like the rest of the spirits that if you don't keep worshiping them or doing things the right way, he's going to leave? And so they're finding themselves in this position. So now the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul is writing this letter uh, to the Ephesians, and it gives us some of the most rich theology of who we are in Christ. So this is where we're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and we'll probably go to verse 7 if we have time, because we have not much time left. So we're gonna go. It says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. There was a lot going on. It's okay if you got lost and you're like, oh no, what's going on? I just wanted to read the word of the Lord because there's something so powerful about just listening to it. But now we're gonna break it down a little bit. Uh, fun fact again about, about our Lord and Savior. When it says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the New Testament, whenever we're reading these scriptures, whenever you see God the Father, or if you see Jesus, or if you see the Holy Spirit in there. Uh, I can't remember the person's name. I didn't come up with this, uh, but a wonderful theologian did. Uh, you wanna think Trinity. When you see Father, think Trinity. When you see Jesus, think Trinity. When you see the Holy Spirit, think Trinity. Why? They are not three separate gods, right? We have an amazing, amazing, okay. unique thing where our God is three in one. The Lord God, He is one, yet we've seen that He's three persons. So what does that mean? Man, if you're like, I don't know, can someone help me understand that? My professor actually said, this is how you know we didn't make this stuff up. Like, we would have been like, three separate gods, serve them all, okay? <laughs> but um, that's not what it is. The Lord God, He is one. So uh, they have same essence, same substance. Um, they are, He is uncreated. He has always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They have never been apart from one another. They have different wills, but they always lay down their will for each other. They are on mission together. Whatever it is they do, they are all on board. Not one of them is on board for you, and then the other one is not, or the other two are not. No, no, they're all on 
board for you. The Lord God, he is one. And that's the other amazing thing. If you're still like, I don't understand. I want you to know theologians for, for centuries have been like, this is such a mystery to us. We look at the scriptures and we just ponder it and we love it. So these are things that you can actually ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, can you actually help me understand even more how it is that, Lord, you are one. And he would love to show that to you. So we're going to talk about maybe a little bit about this oneness as time is running now. Okay. The reason I say this, though, is because it says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. So we see Father, we see Jesus. Where is the Holy Spirit? It's in the next verse. He says, With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So all these things that we have of our new identity in Christ that we're going to talk about, being chosen in God, being predestined to adoption, being holy and blameless, these are not metaphorical, theoretical things that we're like, oh, I believe in Lord Jesus and, and, I, and I, I think like those things are supposed to be for me. No, they're spiritual realities that have actually taken place. But how did that happen? Because the Spirit of God is the one who is given to us, who now gives to us these spiritual realities and he applies the finished work of Jesus Christ into our lives. So for anyone of us who actually believes on the Lord Jesus, that the Father, right? Because the Father, they're all involved in salvation, that the Father sent the Son down to earth, right? He lived out the life that we should have lived, died for us, and was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're all involved. We now have been given this new identity, and it's by the Spirit of God. So we want to know what these realities are. And so in here, it says, even as He chose us in Him, we need to know something about being chosen. This has been a big one for me where I, I have tried so long to be chosen by other people. I struggled so much with this message. I had no idea I was trying to, to really prove something to people. Um, and I was really looking to, to be chosen. And this whole time, the Lord is like, but Sherry, I have chosen you. Yeah. I've chosen you since the beginning. Um, an amazing thing, oh, man, we just don't have the time uh, about this chosenness is, I'll say this really quick, but... Uh, if you've ever heard of some of the patriarchs, Abraham, you've heard of David in the Old Testament, uh, there is a, a Greek word that was actually used in when they translated the Bible in the Old Testament in Jesus, before Jesus' time. They actually used the same word for chosen, that he's chosen you before the foundations of the earth. It's the same chosen of how God chose Abraham, about how God chose David, about how God chose Israel to be his people. And it even has in the New Testament how God chose Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. Yeah, God actually says that and uses the same Greek word. So in here, this is a very specific choosing. He's not leaving you. You weren't chosen for a moment, but you are always chosen. You were chosen before the foundations of the world that you should be holy and blameless. You are holy. You are holy. For anyone who believes in, the, in, in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. You have been set apart. You are set apart from any, everything else. You are holy. You were made to be blameless before Jesus, before our God. Uh, I'm going to skip down to this. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons. This has been, I, this is the main one that I really even wanted to talk about. I think this is probably the most profound Thing, again, that the Spirit of God has done in my life in these last few years was teaching me at the core of, of who I am, that I am truly a child of God. I think for so many times when I came on to, uh, you know, full-time staff in ministry, it's very easy to get your identity wrapped up in whatever it is you do. Even if you're not in ministry, you just get wrapped up in it. And so I thought, Sherry is a preacher. 
People call me to preach. People call me to pray for them. Uh, people call me to pastor them. And so I got so wrapped up in that, and especially in the power gifts of the Spirit, right, uh, that the Lord God saw how my identity had gotten wrapped up in those things. So then he decided, because I love Sherry, I'm actually going to... I'm gonna dry some of that stuff up for her right now so she can actually see uh, who she is apart from those things. Wow. And so he began to purge those things. It was not a fun time for me in a few years of, of feeling like no one's talking to me, just darkness, Sherry didn't even exist, but she was still getting a paycheck, so that was still nice. Um, but um, uh, the Lord God Almighty began to show me at my core that Sherry, you are a daughter of the living God. This is yeah. who you are apart from everything else. Everything else that can be shaken, uh, all that stuff will shake you to the core, but being found in me, this is who you're always going to be. Interestingly enough, in the rest of the scriptures after the book of Acts, you don't even see people being called disciples anymore. It's not that we shouldn't use the term disciples, but uh, it's because your truest identity is now being a son or a daughter yeah. of the living God Almighty. So though we are servants of the Lord, we are Christians, Christ followers, whatever, that's not who you are at the court. You're not a, a father, a husband, a mother, a daughter uh, to your earthly parents. You are a son. You are a daughter of the living God. These are things that the Spirit of God so desperately wants to talk to you about, to make real in your life. And so, uh, man, for time's sake, we just got to move forward to this. But uh, I guess we, we got to hit verse 7 real quick. In Him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Uh, man, all the things that we feel bad about and it makes us not want to run to our Heavenly Father. What I love is, is this is actually a past tense word. He switches this now in verse 7. Or no, I'm sorry, he, opposite. The other ones were past tense, meaning you've already been chosen. You already have those things. This is switches now to the present tense. And it says that in him we have redemption. We currently have the forgiveness of our sins. So whatever it is that you think, man, I messed up. Why am I still doing this? I don't know if God even wants to talk to me. We just start secretly avoiding God so we like attend church enough or do enough things and we feel like we can approach God again. No, no, he's saying, you already have this with me. You get to approach me uh, and approach me holy and blameless. Um, uh, I think I got to just go here because I have just uh, talked all my time out. Um, what lets you know also how significant, it is, how significant it is for us to know our identity uh, by the Spirit of God is, is the way that the book of Ephesians was actually written and laid out. Beginnings and endings are not insignificant. Right. And so the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul is writing to them. The first three chapters are all on your identity. And then the last three is because of this new identity, you actually have a different way that you should be living life in the power of the Spirit of God. And that's what the last three chapters are. But in the last few verses of Ephesians chapter 6, if anyone's ever heard of the armor of God, put it in the chat. Uh, yes, I've heard of the armor of God. Um, this is actually where these scriptures come into play in Ephesians chapter 6. And it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Yeah that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces. That just means there's a whole bunch of demonic things that are out for you and that do not want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ or do anything with him or for him, okay? And it says that your job in this, because those things are after us, right? but they are not bigger than God. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And after having done all to stand firm, our job in the battle is to stand firm. 
Um, before we go into, because we might not even have time to go into a few of those things, but the reason that the Spirit of God writes this out is because He says, I've given to you all these things that are your identity. And I need you to know that this is what the enemy is coming for on the daily for you. Not one time, he's coming on the daily for your identity in Christ. He is totally fine with you being wrapped up in your job, being wrapped up in a relationship, being wrapped up in the success of the different things. If your identity is wrapped in that, cool, we got him on the hook. But it's a person who is freed by the Spirit of God, who is free in their soul uh, of the attachments to the world, that that's who he's worried about. And so those are the things that he's coming for. And so the Spirit of God strategically writes us at the end that, yes, we can use the armor of God for all those different random things in our lives, right, that we feel like we want to pray into. But scripturally, in the context of the scriptures, the reason why the Spirit of God writes us in is because he says you are to defend when you get these truths in your soul revealed to you by the Spirit of who you are in Christ. You are to stand firm in that. You are to remind yourself on the daily to put on the belt of truth. What is the truth? What Jesus has said about you, what the Word of God has said about who you are. You are to put that on daily. You would have to put on the breastplate of righteousness, which means that we have right standing before God the Father, before Jesus Christ by His Spirit. Why? Because we've been forgiven of all sins. Okay? And so now, uh, put on the shoes for peace, uh, the readiness given by the gospel. In all these circumstances, we are to take up the shield of faith with which we can uh, extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, reminding yourselves that I am one in Christ Jesus, that even if my body were to leave here today, my life will live on because of what Jesus has done for me. Yeah. This life that you've already begun in the spirit, who is, which is also with God the Father and Jesus, this will continue forever and ever. So what do we have to fear? Right. And now it says, and take the sword of the spirit, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. That is actually how you are to put on these truths and to, to have them with you is through prayer with the Spirit of God. So the last thing I'm gonna say is, and, and what I feel like uh, the Spirit of God is even wanting to do with us is to, to first off, have you actually know what these truths are, get to know who you are in Christ, your new identity, and sit with the Spirit of God. How do you do that? Sit with Him, say, Lord, you said I've been chosen. I, I don't feel very chosen. How do I, God, but you said that, so how does this true, Lord? Where, where do I not believe that? Give the Spirit of God time with your soul to actually speak to you and bring up things that maybe your soul is attached to that's not attached to God. Let it be a process. Don't think it's going to happen just like that. This is a daily thing and it's got to continue on the daily and reminding yourselves when you do get it, you remind yourself and put on the armor of God every day because the Spirit of God loves you and there's an enemy who so desperately does not want you to know who you are. So listen, with that, we are going to pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your amazing plans from the beginning. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, God, that that when Jesus was resurrected to heaven, Lord, you did not leave us, God, but you said it's actually better that Jesus go so that we would have the helper, the spirit of truth, who would live on the inside of us, who would bear witness with our souls that we are, in fact, children of the living God. And so, Lord, we thank you that these truths, God, would be made known in our souls, that, Lord, you'd encourage every person that whatever it is they need to hear from you, the Holy Spirit, you'd make it alive in their souls, Lord. And, God, that they'd be patient with themselves and patient with you, God, as, as Lord, you even begin to show them these truths and they begin to let go of attachments to the world. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Bless every person here. In Jesus' name we pray.